On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Pick that rich. I'm just letting you know. Rock ain't dead. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined by the toast of Texas, Loose Cannon. How are you? <laughs> I am excellent. Thank you for that intro. Yeah, a little THC today. Is that what we're talking about? We, we are. We are talking about Texas Hippie Coalition and my interview with lead singer extraordinaire Big Dad Rich. Loved it. Yeah. No, I'm glad to hear that. Now, just to know, let everybody know, within the first two episodes, we had two silly episodes before you and I joined forces, and that was great bands with silly names, and then I also had one that were great bands with great names. That is THC. So that this is one of the new blood, you know, of the, the core. Sure, um, sure. So excited to finally talk to him. Yeah, Texas uh, Hippie Coalition kind of came on my, on my radar a little stronger after we started this podcast. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, my wife was a fan, and she would you know you know talk about them a little bit here and there. But once I got into Decibel Geek and I started getting kind of like uh, more doing the press stuff and getting credentialed for shows, uh, and and as much as you talked and loved you know the, the band. They were one of the guys that I that I you know threw the the press credential request out for, and they were just a great killer band. You know, you and my wife were both just like right, and I should have paid more attention earlier on. But uh, so, so it, this was a really fun chat to to hear because my God, Big Dad Rich is such a fun character. Character being the 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 word there in the sentence. Yeah, and I'll let you kind of like elaborate here, but he had so many fun answers to to so many questions. This is one of the most enjoyable interviews I've listened to on our show. Period. Yeah, you know they say that there's nothing new in rock and roll, and to a point that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean because Big Dad Rich isn't really new on the scale of like a lifespan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not. We don't know. We don't. We don't know. He he and McMars might be in the same yearbook. What do you think? <laughs> but to your point, where were you going with that? <laughs> My point is, is that there is, you know, all the ingredients for great for great rock music are already there. But what takes it to the next level is when you have somebody with the right attitude and bigger than life personality that is Big Dad Rich. 
For those not as familiar with Texas Hippie Coalition, here's your gateway drugs. Their debut album back around 2008, Peacemaker, which came out in 2012, is about there's their third album. And the most recent one, I will tell you right now, they usually pump these out every year and a half. They took three years with this one, and it can definitely it definitely shows in the songwriting and everything like that. Their recent album, most recent album, just came out about a month ago, High in the Saddle. I will tell you not to cherry pick, just buy the whole damn thing. The the rock gods are smiling upon us and will continue to smile upon us for the next couple weeks and going forward for the rest of this podcast, right? Oh, we got so much shit coming up, but let's get to this, <laughs> don't you think? That's right. Without further ado, um, I, I do have to say I was a little amused in, uh, by how this went down as far as, as calling in, and that is that when I called in, have you ever had to call in a conference line before, Paco, for an interview? Two times, and one of them was Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> that turned out great. The, the point is, calling in a conference line, you know, in my my line of work, I do a lot of conference calls, and it was just amusing because the person that answered was not Big Dad Rich. It's the guy that set it up. And all of a sudden, I just, I just imagined that he was in this boardroom <laughs> you know what I mean? with one of those big... Uh, uh, you know, speakerphone things, and they were all on a conference table. Uh, but that wasn't the case. So it went back and forth. I was put on some on hold music, and I was passed to a flip phone somewhere on tour on the tour bus. So that is the on hold music you're about to hear. So without further ado, here is Big Dad Rich of Texas Hippie Coalition. Please wait, and you will be joined into the conference. Yourself. Hello, this is LC. It's Big Dead Rich. Let's roll. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. Today we have a very special guest, the King of Texas, a man that drinks his whiskey from a chalice and living proof that rock is not dead. Big Dad Rich of Texas Hippie Coalition. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good. How you doing, baby? I'm excellent. Um, so your latest album, Hind the Saddle, just dropped a couple of weeks ago. And uh, before we get into the actual album itself, I just want to kind of ask, we, we talk about uh, kind of the music industry in general on the, on the show. What is kind of, you know, is 50,000 the new gold, is 100,000 the new platinum streaming? What is kind of like the expectation or, or what's good to see in general out there? You know, I, I think the reason that we garnered attention from a larger label is because we're pushing that, you know, you know, we we all, uh, you know, on these lower levels down here, on this, we call it the bottom shelf. We're bottom shelf liquor right now. We hope to one day be top shelf liquor. But, you know, 50,000, 50, that's aluminum can. So, um, you know, I think that if you can get, do that on your own independently, then someone will come along maybe and try to bring you on up to the next level. I think that's what happened to us with E1 is uh, they're just trying to see if they can multiply that by 10, you know, and, Anybody that could have uh, a chance of selling 100,000, 200,000 albums, you know, that's uh, t- today's world. That's pretty dang good. It's, we know that in the, all genres, we're not seeing too many 500,000 solid goes and seems like a million platinums is gone. So I know that uh, everyone follows streaming and, you know, stuff like that. You know, the thing that's important to me and the guys here is our postar, which lets people know how many people are coming out to our shows. And that's what's important to us is that. We get to rock and roll, get down the road, and put uh, put beer drinkers in bars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I've uh, I've been that one of those guys here. I'm I'm calling from Denver, so you you guys seem to 
tour here pretty often. Like I think uh, I've been out here three years. I think you guys have been here five or six times. I mean, besides legal weed, what kind of brings you back here? Well, you know, we do our 420 show there every year, but just because yep. the fact that it's centrally located in the United States, easy for everyone around the United States to travel to us. It's like a big family reunion. We bring in about a thousand people. They take vacations, come in from Australia, Ireland, all around the world. But we just try to centrally locate it in America. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about doing it in a few other places, but you put it up in Washington State, you might alienate people from Florida and stuff. And a lot of people like to drive to these events. They all get together and rent RVs or ride their bikes up, you know. So it's, you know, it's just a big family reunion where we all get together and uh, have some fun. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, um, it's the close family, you know, that comes to this thing. It gets, it's pretty good. And we love Colorado, you know, and every year there's a buyer up there that always purchases us for New Year's Eve. So we always get to come up that way for New Year's Eve as well. But I think this year I might take New Year's Eve off. I'm, I'm working myself to death out here. <laughs> yeah. You guys are road dogs. I mean, uh, I know you're at the venue and uh, just we're here at the Buffalo Rose. And um, another question, too, and we'll get right down to the album. Um, my co-host, he's in St. Paul. We've seen this a lot more frequently um, in a lot of the, the shows here. Are you a fan of the the five or six openers? Yeah, you know, we let the promoters do what they want, whatever they think works for them. You know, but what works for us um, is, you know, taking the stage, you know, if we have to take the stage Monday through Wednesday, we'll have to take it about 930. And if we're going to take the stage on Thursday around 10 o'clock, but on uh, Thursday and Sunday, we can take the stage at 1030. And Friday and Saturday, we can take the stage at 11. We can take the stage at 1130 because I think on the weekends, you know, going on 1130, we can keep people there till one o'clock, no problem. Um, I know, um, some promoters will probably want to put some bands on a little earlier because they don't think they can keep the, the people there and drinking. And that's something we're good about doing. Like a Motley crew, you know, we keep the crowd partying. So you always got to, there's always a back and forth between you and uh, the purchaser or venue owner because, you know, uh, it's your show, but it's uh, it's their stage. Yeah, that's, I mean, this floor right here, we just like, we decided not to take anybody on the road with us because we're bringing out two or three bands. And then these promoters are throwing two or three locals on there, you know. So you got six bands going on before you. You have to start thinking about striking your stuff to make the stage big enough for everybody. And, you know, it gets crazy. So, I mean, I think that even people that are coming to the shows, I think they would prefer it if it was just like, you know, a curtain jerker, second up, uh, main support, and then the headline. Four bands. Plenty enough for 10 bucks, 12 bucks, 15, 20. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants everything into you know a festival one more thing we'll jump in the album that is red dirt metal you've claimed to be the greatest red dirt metal band of the world not you guys you guys came up with that name right man um down where we're from in oklahoma texas panhandles and the oklahoma texas area there's a kind of music called red dirt country and uh, the bands that started out doing all that were like Pat Green, Kevin Fowler, Cross Canadian Ragweed. Um, you know, so we we do we play a lot of the same venues those guys do. We go to a lot of the same clubs and somehow some of them ended up getting a hold of our CDs and uh, they said, you know, because of the way that even though we are metal, I kind of storytell 
And that's what Red Dirt Country is about. It's storytelling music. And I do a lot of storytelling on my side in this metal world, rock world. So they dubbed us Red Dirt Metal. And uh, I never said we was the greatest Red Dirt Metal band on, on the planet. I said we were the only. <laughs> so we've got to be the greatest because we're the only Red Dirt Metal band that exists. So, you know, it's uh, I think that not many people, you know, was, why go get in a line behind, you know, so many different kinds of genres you'd be stuck at the end of the line you know we wanted to create something that was new and fresh you know and when you hear our music you hear zz pop leonard skinner but you still hear waylon willie and cash and we're also the party band you know of of, of the new world so we're definitely got that motley crew van halen coming at you too and everybody knows we like to we like to bring that power group like pantera as well
I've, I've described it to others trying to get, get the to you is Pantera with a sense of humor, over the top, fun, commanding the stage. And I'm going to just leave that into uh, also on stage, your shotgun mic stand, which I've, 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 I've witnessed uh, twice here in Colorado. Is that an actual shotgun with a mic shoved in it? And then on the bottom, or is it a, what is that thing? It's pretty awesome. If that was a shotgun, it'd be the biggest shotgun ever made. That's <laughs> uh, it's, uh, actually made by a buddy of mine out of Florida. Um, he's made a lot of stuff for a lot of different bands out there. Um, he's very good at what he does and uh, working metal to make it look like something. And he was always asking me, you know, what do you want? And I was like, man, I want to. Uh, I want to go ahead and uh, get you to make me a double barrel shotgun. So he did, and I love it. And, you know, I always say that that microphone stands a little bit more famous than any of us. You know, I, I was on I was on tour with, with Black Label Society. We did like six shows with them, and I never even got to meet Zach, never got to shake his hand or tell him thank you for having us or anything. But later on, I seen that there was a picture of him with my mic stand, and I was like, love, love. <laughs> It's amazing. And your guitarist has a, a gun guitar, too. That's crazy. A fan of ours a fan of ours makes guitars, and he made that guitar for chord. And uh, it's just, we got some, our fans are so great. You know, we don't even call them fans. We, we refer to them as family. All right, so let's get down to the new album, High in the Saddle. And I think this is the best one for me since Peacemaker. And I just noticed that Bob Marlette... <laughs> is also the same one. I believe he produced Peacemaker too. What what kind of made you guys uh, grab him again? Well, you know, me and Bob been writing songs together ever since Peacemaker. He uh, he wrote four of the songs with me on uh, on the album Right On that was produced by Skid Mills. So um, I, we always knew we were going to get back to work together with uh, Dark Side of Black. You know, we knew that what we were going to do with the album was going to be a little bit more taken back to our beginnings and metal and... Uh, it was, you know, that's why we dubbed it uh, Dark Side of Black, because it was going to be our dark album, you know, give the fans something a little different, you know, even the songs in it that are, you know, most of our songs are, you know, arena friendly, get up, you know, shake your fist and stuff. But on this album, on Dark Side of Black, we kind of uh, approached in a different manner where things were a little darker, you know, even the love song in there is about, you know, um, taking, taking a woman's hand from another man, you know, so right. it's... It's all just kind of, you know, really dark. So on that album, you know, we knew that that was not, you know, that wouldn't be the way to go. So we went ahead and went with a, a producer that Pantera and Hell Yeah had used in the past, uh, Sterling Winfield. And um, then with this album, you know, we we knew we wanted to get back to our boogie-woogie ways and uh, get back to uh, writing arena-friendly songs and stuff, you know, and do it, going that route. And uh, Bob had always said that... Uh, Although he doesn't like to work with people, you know, second, third, fourth, and fifth times, he's always told me that that our, our the way we work together, he'd be willing to work with me anytime. So we reached out to Bob and uh, went out there. And uh, this time, though, lucky enough, we were to go in with all the songs already ready. We didn't, we didn't have to go in and write. So uh, we actually had about, oh, I think it was 20-something songs to pick from to get down to the 10 that made the album. I'm assuming that Dirty Finger is going right in the set. Oh, yeah, it's been there since day one. I mean, there's definitely another, like you said, from the last one, there's more of a uh, sense of humor in this one. Yeah, I mean, I also, I just knew that, you know, that we were, there's either we're going to level out and this is the cog we're going to be on forever, 
or we're going to take it up another level. Yeah. And, you know, and surrounding myself with good musicians, good songwriters was one of the important things, but I couldn't just put all the weight on them. I had to step my game up too. So I really try to take my vocalizing to the next level. I try to raise my lyrical content up a little, you know, and I also just went back to just trying to have some good old fun with it, you know, which songs like Dirty Finger and Blue Lights On. seems like there's more of a effort maybe for hooks oh yeah we we were just concentrated on it big time me and nevada romo and cord pool who are the majority songwriters on this album we just worked really hard to make sure that it was riffy and hooky and we just constantly 
not you know you want you don't want to turn your ear away even like the new single um the new single's like moonshine it's like four minutes and 44 seconds long and that's a long song for radio play but you know the label was just like man we we didn't even know it was that long until you pointed it out right it just rocks so good and it's so good we just we don't we don't get done with it you know when it's done we're like dang you know so we had no idea it was really that long but we're happy that you know the song's going over good we were the number one uh song added to heavy rock metal radio uh over 2.44 million listeners uh last week so we're hoping we get a good push and uh we can get the sucker up uh up there in the in the top 100 top 40 maybe i don't know (laughs) (laughs) you know what he put me down for 15 minutes do you still have a few more minutes or is it a hard stop oh man don't you worry about it just go right ahead okay cool you want to touch on a couple other things about the the producing the album? I mean, Bob Marlette, I mean, he's produced some of the my favorite albums like Brutal Planet and... Yeah, he's worked with everybody, man. You know, Click, Click, Boom, Saliva, you know, Blackstone Cherry, one of my favorite bands, you know, of all time. And uh, just, uh, you know, working with Bob, you know, you got to, you know, you got to fight him a little bit, you know. So I always say that... Uh, Bob's like a really good chocolate, you know, but sometimes we got to get a little nuts. So we got to add some nuts to that fine chocolate, you know. So uh, one of the coolest dudes you could ever be around, uh, you know, his son, Chris Marlette, helps us out a whole lot with all different kinds of stuff, engineering and stuff, along, helping alongside Bob. And Bob just, uh, he has a, I, I have it a little bit, but like I, when you're looking at it, looking at something it's a seed and you have to realize that it's going to become an onion there's going to be many layers you know so i when i'm starting out a song and it's just acoustic and vocals in my head i can start hearing all this stuff but you know bob he's even beyond that he's hearing the symphony of the song and uh he can really bring any song that we bring to the table he's definitely there to help us take it to the next level yeah and um also it's got to be a challenge where you know uh, I was watching the Turn It Up video uh, this morning, getting ready for this, and I noticed that I don't recognize anybody in that video anymore. You know, uh, in the music world, you know, people, some people forget that it's it's called the music business, and uh, you know, sometimes you got to do what's best for business, and you got to keep making music. You know, I've I've written songs with twenty plus writers, and um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm always ready to take the stage, and I try to explain it as best I can. You know. As, you know, Fleetwood Mac had uh, 20 plus members before my favorite one arrived, which was Stevie Nicks. So never count a band out just because someone quit or someone uh, failed to uh, deliver on, on what they were supposed to be doing. It's always that way. And I try to explain to everybody that anyone that's gone, um, either the music business that is the bull through them, or they became an anchor and we had to cut them away. But, I mean, I've had uh, Cord Coral here with me now for three albums. Um, he's a great songwriter. Um, he's my, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I ain't Ozzy Osbourne. Sometimes I wish I was, but if I was, he would definitely be my sack, you know. And to have, to bring in the Romo brothers, uh, Rado Romo on bass and Nevada Romo on guitar, not only are they uh, great musicians in their own right, but they're awesome on stage, and they both write great songs, like some of the songs that we're mentioning here, um, Blue Lights On, um, 
Bullseye. I mean, just great freaking songs, you know. Tell It From The Ground, Bring It Baby. You know, those are some damn good songs. So, you know, it's just, uh, I'm just lucky enough right now to not have to worry about the past or worry about the present. And in the present, I'm surrounded by a great group of guys. First drummer we ever had, his name was Cowboy. I gave him that nickname. You know, I'm the one who named him Cowboy. And then the guy that just recently left the band to chase other dreams, um, he, uh, you know, he, I nicknamed him Hitman, you know. So those guys are still out there being called Cowboy and Hitman, and uh, they, you know, they, they're still doing good. And, they, you know, ain't got nothing bad to say about not a single one anymore. Yeah, I mean, from from day one when you formed Texas Hippie Coalition, was it? Did you already have like the vision that you were going to be, you know, kind of this over the top, you know, exactly how it is now? Yeah, you know, I mean, when you start out, you know, you think it's going to be the dudes that are there with you in the beginning, and everybody kept telling me it wasn't going to be. And even when I first the first label came chasing me, you know, they wanted to fire everybody in the band and name the band BDR. But I refused to do that, you know, stood by my stood by my buddies and you know, even though whenever we signed to the label I, I was the only one that actually signed and I I you know, me and John Boy, we rode together for eleven, twelve, thirteen years before, you know, he's off chasing uh dreams with his other bands that he has. I think he's in two or three other bands, so you know, uh, everybody's still making music and having fun. I hope uh, I know I'm making music and having fun. Anything else you wanna talk about for the recent album as far as you know touring next single man you know uh dirty fingers the next video it'll be out in the fall i'm sure in the summer just hope everybody go out there and uh you know if you can't afford the album steal it <laughs> all right go ahead and make sure that whenever you're rolling somewhere you got to turn it up loud so everybody can hear not just you so you know the first single probably like a lot of fans i ever heard was was pissed off and mad about it which <laughs> one of the greatest titles uh, but as far as the music industry and struggles and, and challenges what kind of uh, pisses you off man you know just when you see people that are out there in the world that have the ability to push a band you know like you know they're a program director they're a DJ or something and they have a chance to promote a band and take a band and push it and, and they just don't because they don't like them you know the band's still being you know successful around i see some of these bands out here when i'm touring and the bands that are out here that are touring that are drawing big crowds and chilling in these clubs and these mid-level venues and stuff 500 to a thousand people and they're just murdering it and they there's got great songs and radio and uh, the program directors and djs they just turn their back on it you know and it's crazy they'll go out and back some band that's you know, I don't want to say anything about anybody's music, but there's nobody, there's, I don't want to pick somebody out and point them out, but it's just these bands that are going out and doing shows for nobody. There's nobody coming to see them, but yet their stuff gets pushed all the way to the top and for some weird reason, you know what I mean? So my thing is that just try to get real, you know what I mean? And I think that's all Texas Hippie Coalition. It's just real, you know. We're singing about stuff a lot of people know about. Uh, some of it's braggadocious, but... You know, the things we sing about, whiskey, weed, and women, that's stuff that a lot of people have an understanding, you know. I mean, we have it at our shows. We have kids from the ages of 12 to uh, grandparents by the age of 70 and all points in between. Families come out together. I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing that's going to offend grandma, you know what I mean? We just talk about real stuff, you know. We go to church. We smoke weed. That's just the way it is. 
Big Dad Rich, I appreciate your time. Uh, what song you want to play us out with off the new album? Right on, go ahead and hit on my moonshine. Give my taste.
Big Dad Rich. How are you today, sir? Can you hear me okay? Good. Pretty great. Do you mind doing a quick ID? Because I always forget to do that at the end. No, hell no. Let's do it. Awesome. Um, if you could just, you know, just announce yourself and then just say, rock ain't dead. That's our uh, our catchphrase, just like your song. That's awesome, man. Y'all should use that as your as your song for the dang station. We do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's speak that rich. I'm just letting you know, rock ain't dead. Boom, nailed it. First time. All right. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.